0: It has been a minute, hasn't it? Uh, Welcome in to another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. It has been a a long time since I have published a show, and there's a couple of reasons why. I think there's been, over the last year, maybe some burnout as to trying to get, you know, good shows on because you don't want to put a bad show out. Another thing is, you know, the time commitments that I have with everything that I'm doing at iHeartRadio, and... You know, During football season, sometimes other things have to take precedence because there's only so many hours in the day. Now, during football season, uh, for many of you who do listen, and by the way, for those of you that went away, I get it fully. I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this show, and no points off by any means, because the most frustrating thing, I think, for most podcasts, and I think a lot of podcasts go through this, Uh, I know that the Calm Down podcast with uh, Aaron Andrews and Carissa Thompson went through this. I know that, uh, you know, the Christine Lakin's podcast went through this. I know Anna Ferris's podcast went through this. A lot of times podcasts just they go away, but they're still kind of there. It's not like there's been any kind of formal goodbye. And I didn't want to end the podcast. I still want to do the podcast, but I think I was just a little bit burned out. And I know it's frustrating when they go away and then they come back months later with really seemingly no explanation. The only explanation that I really have or is that again, there was just a little bit of burnout and during Packers football season, um, you know, I'm a one-man band when it comes to putting together The Packers, the first Packers pregame show, Packers Game Day, which airs two hours before the Packers Radio Network. My show airs on the Game Radio Network, and then the Packers Radio Network with Dennis Krause and Mike Heller. James Jones is a part of that. I mean, that's that's a you know several person ensemble with a couple of producers. I do everything on Packers Game Day myself. And that show takes I mean, it's two hours to do the show, but the the pre-production of the show, quite frankly, takes about half of what would a a regular work week be. And there's no such thing as a regular work week during Packers football season for those that work on the Packers radio network. And that's... There's no real other explanation beyond that. Now, Packers football season has ended. The Super Bowl, as I tape this, was yesterday, so we have got some thoughts on the Super Bowl. But I also wanted to, when I did bring the podcast back, maybe reimagine it a little bit. There's no set rules as to what this show has to sound like or what this show could sound like. So will there be some interviews? Yeah, Will there be some excerpts from some other things that I find curious? Sure. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're going to go from here on out. But I will say that the most important thing for me to do is to just be regular about publishing the podcast. So it's going to come back. If you want to tune in, great. If you don't, I understand completely. But the the reason that I started the podcast in the first place was – just to continue to work. And it's not like this is a money grab. You don't hear any commercials on this show. Uh, it's not a money maker for me. It's just a way of, you know, working out some creativity more than anything else. It's, I'm not going to go all tortured artist on you or anything like that, but it's why so many people who aren't commercially successful in, say, for example, music, They still need to do it. It's just something that's within them. And for me, that's kind of what sports talk is. It's just, uh, you know, getting behind a microphone, keeping my skills sharp because I don't have a daily show. I was doing the Matt Schneidman show uh, with Matt Schneidman, co-hosting that with him and kind of helping him get his show kind of off the ground in year number one. But as Packers season has ended, Matt show is sunset for the time being. And I don't have a daily show. And, and that's fine. I've got a million other things to do. At iHeartRadio as the radio station sports director in both the Milwaukee and Madison markets. I'm constantly jumping between Milwaukee and and Madison. I am the morning sports anchor on Madison in the morning on WIBA, and that takes considerable time. But I do other things like the calendars and I manage the equipment, things like that, just to make sure that, you know, I, I help Tim Scott. He's the he's the boss, and I just want to help him, you know, run the station and, and carry out his vision. So, and we've been marvelously successful as a radio station. So, um, I don't want this to overshadow anything that I'm doing. I just want to use it as kind of an outlet, a creative outlet. So, that's what is going to happen over the course of the next couple of months or so. The music is probably going to change. I've toyed with maybe a new logo. I don't know if I if I need a new logo, but eh, I'm I'm kind of kicking that around a little bit uh, as well. So. Uh, If you've got any ideas, please feel free to hit us up. Uh, You can find me on, I still call it Twitter. I know that it's technically X, but I'm still going to call it Twitter. You can find me at Doug Russell or at Doug Russell Pod. Uh, You can find that as well. So, I mean, there's going to be some audio elements as there has been in the past. There's going to be some thoughts on some other things. Uh, And and I guess to kind of kick things off, You know, just some thoughts uh, that that have happened in the sports world since we last talked. And I want to start with the Packers. And I thought that they had what you would consider to be an incredible season for them. The youngest team in the NFL, the youngest team to ever win a playoff game in the modern era of the National Football League. All these things are important because when Aaron Rodgers left the Packers, there was a lot of uncertainty. And when he left, it it was a chance— for the organization to have a completely kind of fresh look at things. Part of that was by design. Part of that was because of necessity, because of all the dead cap money that the Packers had. And they're still carrying some dead cap money, and they're going to carry some dead cap money for a little while as well. Not only, you know, they're getting under un, out from underneath Aaron Rodgers. That's a huge part of it. But you've got David Bakhtiari's contract. I can't imagine that he's going to be back in 2024 uh, so that decision I'm sure is going to come down it's just one of those situations where you thank him for his incredible service he is a, a lockdown first ballot I don't know if I don't know what the eligibility is for the Packers Hall of Fame but as soon as he's air quotes eligible for the Packers Hall of Fame he goes in there's no doubt one of the best left tackles of his era in the NFL but you can't trust his knees anymore you can't trust that he's going to be out there on the field and I thought that Rasheed Walker got better as the season went along. And this is a Packers offense that is fueled by a quarterback that is showing every sign of being maybe one of the next great superstars in the National Football League. I'm not ready to say that he's a Hall of Famer yet. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, that's what they do in Green Bay. They just roll it up. They have their their. Quarterback in waiting, sit for a couple of years, and then they just roll them out and all of a sudden you've got another franchise quarterback. I think Jordan Love is very good. I think the season that he had surprised everyone. I think if he's being honest, including himself. And if Matt LaFleur is being honest, I would say including Matt LaFleur. And if Brian Gutekunst is being honest, I would say including Brian Gutekunst as well. I think it surprised everybody. Um, That that doesn't mean that he didn't always have that skill set. I mean, there was a reason that they traded up to get him in the 2020 NFL draft. So uh, th- there's precedent. There's a lot of, you know, not uh, we'll talk about Taylor and Travis in a, in a second, fair warning. But there's a lot of, to, to borrow a phrase, a lot of invisible string between Aaron Rodgers and and what he went through to become a starting quarterback in an eventual you know, Super Bowl champion and then four-time MVP, and then ultimately where he'll wind up is in Canton as, as a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Too early to say that for Jordan, although there's a lot of little uh, indications that the path is, is very similar. And in fact, if you look at their numbers side-by-side, side, Aaron's first year as the Packers starting quarterback in 2008 and Jordan's first year as the Packers starting quarterback in 2023, Jordan's numbers are actually better. And he didn't have nearly the same amount of experienced wide receivers as Aaron had when he when he took over for Brett Favre uh in 2008. So, just a couple of thoughts on Jordan Love. I think the Packers' future is extremely bright and you have to give credit where credit is due. I think that Brian Gutekunst has done a pretty good job of now, there have been some misses, don't get me wrong, but I think he's done a pretty good job of drafting. I think he's done a pretty good job of finding players that fit what the Packers need to have in certain places. I do think he's more aggressive than his predecessor, Ted Thompson. Uh, and, you know, for every – I know there, you can talk about the third-round misses in the draft that that Brian Gutekunst has had. Maybe Tucker Craft is that guy who's going to break that. But you look at the second-round gems – whether it's Jaden Reed. And, and uh, you know, another second-round gem that I think is still going to blossom, but he's got to stay healthy, is Christian Watson. So a couple of thoughts on the Packers. We've got a long way to go before their season begins, and in earnest, it begins at the end of July. Will there be things before then that will garner some attention? Absolutely. The draft is coming up. The Combine is coming up. And we'll have full coverage for you on 97.3 The Game and alongside on the Game Radio Network with that. And, uh, you know, Billy Schmidt, he's going down to the the Scouting Combine. Matt Schneidman will be at the Scouting Combine. We're sending a social media team to the Scouting Combine. We're sending guys out to spring training for the beginning of the Pat Murphy era as we kind of transition to a couple of minutes of Brewers talk. I was as surprised as anyone that Craig Council went to the Chicago Cubs. I figured that he was maybe dealing with a little bit of burnout, but and maybe wanted to take a couple of years off. David Stearns essentially took a year off from being a president of baseball operations, and then he ultimately went back to the New York Mets, the the team that he first started working for when he was a young, up-and-coming baseball executive, and also the team that he rooted for when he was a child. But you didn't think that that was going to happen with Craig Council. And the one thing that I'll say to Craig is that... You know when he said that he miscalculated the vitriol that Brewers fans would have for him going to the Cubs. I'm not sure how, and I'm not sure why. And I like Craig, and I, I'm I would never. I I mean, I'm in my 50s. I don't boo anybody anymore. But I would never boo Craig Council when he comes back to American Family Field in a Cubs uniform. I I know Craig. I don't know him well, but I know him enough. I like Craig. We're, we've always had a friendly relationship. Um, I don't know that I wish him well. With <laughs> I don't know that I want to have to see him have success with the Cubs. Um, I hope that he personally finds fulfillment with it because you know you want that for everyone. I suppose that that uh, you know you have a, a good relationship with. It just surprised me that he would not understand how Brewers fans would react to that. He's the best he's the best manager the Brewers have ever had. He is widely thought of as the best manager in Major League Baseball. Brewers fans, for as much as Brewers fans like to complain about certain things, I think at the end of the day, most understood that Craig Counsell was a pretty damn good manager and understood that there were other teams that thought that Craig Council was a pretty damn good manager. No manager's 100% right all of the time, and the number 1 job in game of any manager is to manage the pitching staff, and sometimes he didn't always have the the best pitchers to manage with. And I wish that at times he would go deeper with his starters in games, but he had a plan and always stick to his plan. And by and large, I think the Brewers really overachieved in most of – The, what, eleven nine years, 10 years, that Craig Council was the the Brewers manager, all-time winningest manager, got them to the playoffs, made baseball in September a lot of fun because the Brewers were overachieving with Craig, as opposed to what was going on in Chicago with the Cubs, a team that has a lot more history, and I know it's a lot of frustrating history for Cubs fans. But they're thought of there, and their stadium is thought of as one of the the true gems of Major League Baseball. It's a stadium that goes back to you know the 19 teens when it opened, 1912, I think. But they've had a frustrating run of it, despite the fact that they are in a market and they're the number one team in that market, the number three market in Major League Baseball, and they've got much deeper pockets than the Brewers do, and that was. Part of what sold Craig on going to Chicago. The, Craig, the, the, the Cubs, in no small measure, can be looked at as kind of an evil empire type of team. They just haven't had the empire of it. Because they've got the money, they just haven't spent it wisely. The Brewers have spent their money wisely. They don't have a lot of it, but they've spent it pretty wisely. And they invest in young players, like a Jackson Churio, for example. You sign him to an eight-year contract and you avoid a couple of years of free agency. I understood what the Brewers were doing with the Corbin Burns trade, and I know it pissed off a lot of Brewers fans. It's like you, you go out and you invest in Reese Hoskins, and that wasn't a huge investment after he missed all of last season in Philadelphia with a torn ACL, but you go out and you spend money on a legitimate first baseman who can legitimately provide some power at a power position, and then less than a week later, You dump one of the most consistent pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, and there are some differing thoughts about exactly what they got in return. Was it enough for Corbin Burns? I don't know. Maybe. It's not a slam dunk, though. Anytime you bring prospects back from a trade, there's obviously going to be some risk there. But what was the downside? It has come out that Corbin Burns had no intention of staying in Milwaukee. Corbin Burns, when he reached full free agency, he was going to cash in, which is his right. And there's going to be someone, whether it's the Orioles, the team that he was traded to, or another team that has even deeper pockets than the Orioles. The Orioles are going through a sale right now, long overdue sale, but a sale nevertheless. I mean, he's from Bakersfield, California. Same hometown, by the way, as Jordan Love. Does he want to go pitch for the Dodgers, which is much closer to home for him, and that can pay him probably a lot more than the Orioles can? Does he want to go really break the bank in New York with the Yankees, or the Mets, for that matter? It's not like David Stearns doesn't have intimate familiarity with Corbin Burns, and David Stearns now has a lot more money to work with. That's a possibility, too. What was a certainty is that Corbin Burns was not going to be a Milwaukee Brewer. So you have to spin him around for something. You can't just not get anything for the asset. I think the Brewers did the best that they can. Is it fair market value? Obviously not. Obviously not. But the fact of the matter is you just weren't going to get fair market value. This wasn't going to happen. As for Pat Murphy, as for the the managerial change, I like Pat. I think it's pretty obvious what's going on with the Brewers. I don't know how long Pat's going to be the manager. He's almost 70 years old. He's had some health issues, had a heart attack a couple of years ago. But he's a respected baseball man who the only time that he's been a major league manager was as an interim manager with the San Diego Padres. But before that, he was a college coach. And he was Craig Council's college coach at Notre Dame. And before that, he was... One of the most successful college baseball coaches at Arizona State. Now he's a major league manager, a full-time major league manager for the first time. But he's only keeping that seat warm for Ricky Weeks. And I think that it's wise. And I said this when Craig Council got hired as Brewers manager, too. I didn't know if he was going to be a good manager or not. It's impossible to tell. If you've never coached, if you've never managed, if you've never had any experience at any level, it's hard to say how you're going to be the first time that you're at the front of the room. Craig was fantastic at it. But it could have gone the other way. Very well could have gone the other way. I always will come down, whether it's Craig or whether it's Ricky Weeks, who I have enormous respect for as well, I always think that it's wise to have some sort of apprenticeship. That doesn't mean that you can't be your own man when Ricky gets the chair. When Ricky is sitting... In the first seed, and and Pat has gone on to retirement, which I think is probably, in my opinion, I think. Maybe you're looking at two years with Pat Murphy. It's my guess. And then it'll it'll be Ricky's show, but he'll have two seasons if that does come to fruition. He'll have two seasons of looking every day at how a major league manager not only fills out a lineup card, not only goes through pregame practice. I mean, he's seen all that as a player, of course, but it's an entirely different spot when you're the manager. And Bob Melvin was kind of Craig Council's guy, if you will, when Craig was a player who kind of taught him a lot of things. And most players just kind of are insulated into their own world and they want to do what players do. Craig wanted to learn the game from a manager, and that was, I guess, his unofficial apprenticeship. Now Ricky Weeks is going to get an official apprenticeship, and I think that's going to make him a better manager. But that's what's going on with the Brewers, I think. And, you know, as far as Ricky Weeks, he's going to bring an intensity that perhaps we haven't seen in a long time. We saw it in his press conference where he drops an F-bomb at the end of it. Much to the chagrin, I think, of a lot of people. I mean, I got to chuckle out of it, but I know a lot of others didn't necessarily had to hit a dump button. Let's LFG. Let's go. You want to hear that from somebody who's going to be leading a young team in the Brewers for the foreseeable future until, and it's probably never going to happen, but until Major League Baseball comes up with some sort of I wouldn't say a quality, but maybe leveling the playing field a little bit more than they have. Now, they've come a long way with revenue sharing and whatnot. But until there's more revenue sharing, I think this is what we kind of we're looking at with Major League Baseball. We're looking at teams that are going to try to buy themselves pennants. Dodgers, maybe now the Cubs, maybe now the Mets. The Angels have been trying to do it. They've been doing it unsuccessfully for a couple of decades now. But these large market teams that just have more local revenue that they can draw from. Am I optimistic about the Brewers going into the season for 2024? Not necessarily. But I also wasn't optimistic about 2023 though either. What gives me some optimism is I still don't think this is a very good division, the National League Central. I don't think the Cubs are very good. I don't think They've got a good manager, though. I don't think the Cardinals are very good. The Reds showed who they were in the second half of the season last year. And the Pirates have, you know, kind of stunk for most of the last 30 years. So it's a wide open division. Can the Brewers win it? Sure. But you're always going to run into other teams. Now, granted, last year it was the Phillies. Last couple of years, uh, it's been teams. That uh or two years ago was the Phillies. The year before that it was the Braves. Last year was the Diamondbacks that the Brewers ran into. But sometimes you run into those teams that are just playing the best at the end of the year. The Brewers on paper should have beaten the Diamondbacks in the divisional round. But the Diamondbacks wound up going to the World Series. Maybe one of the worst teams that's gone to the World Series in recent memory. They didn't win the World Series, but they got there, which is amazing. Sometimes you just have to get hot at the right time. Unfortunately, the brewers haven't gotten hot at the right time. So they keep getting these, quote-unquote, bites of the apple. But they never, you know, make it to that next level. So we will see what happens. Spring training, as I record this, opens up later this week in the Maryvale neighborhood of West Phoenix at American Family Fields of Phoenix. And uh, we'll certainly have some thoughts from spring training uh, coming up as well. All right a new reimagined Doug Russell podcast, if you will. Some other things, some cosmetic things will change in time, but this was just kind of a first riff, just kind of some thoughts on what's been going on in the world of sports since we last spoke. So hope you enjoyed it, uh, and feel free to hit me up on Twitter, at Doug Russell or at Doug Russell Pod. Uh, on the Twitter account. And we'll also have some more uh, Tales from 1265 coming up as well. I'm working on one about the voices of the Packers, and we'll have a little snippet from my interview with Wayne Larrabee coming up uh, in a couple of weeks right here on the Doug Russell Podcast. But that's it for this week. We will talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody. And, uh, yeah, if you got any thoughts on the show, feel free to hit me up. We'll see you next time.